Welcome to Success Stories brought to you by SNS Activewear. I'm your host, Marshall Atkinson, and this is the podcast that focuses on what's working so you can have success too. It's been said that it is important to be different if you want to stand out from the crowd. As the self titled fairy goth mother in Roanoke, Virginia, big lick screen printing, Marge Easterling has done that. Her local Roanoke magazine dubbed her the face of custom apparel. This was no accident. For Marge, what earned her that title was her emphasis on creating the wow factor in everything Big Lick Screen Printing produces. On today's Success Stories podcast, you'll hear how Marge and her team throw in that lanyap, which is that unexpected surprise. That is why she is the fairy goth mother granting little wishes and leaving little presents. (laughs) So Marge, welcome to the Success Stories podcast. Aloha. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. You're such a joy to be around. And it's, you know, and we met through Shirt Lab, of course. And you're not quite at Allie Banholzer stage where you've been to everyone, but you're almost. I think you missed one. Right. That's true. And I'm Allie's biggest fan. So that helps out too. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I think it's going to be a great show today to talk about your shop and your growth, because I think a lot of the things that you're doing for shops that are out there that aren't, you know, 20 autos or something, they need to listen and pay attention to what you're doing because they can replicate your success. And that's what we're going to get into today. I'm ready. All right. So to start the show, you know, let's always talk about the origin story, Marge. So let's talk about the beginning of Big Lick Screen Printing. How did you get into the business and lead us up to kind of where you are now? Well, I was a single mother. Well, I guess I still am. But I always had to find additional streams of income. And so I started this business because I went to a convention with a friend of mine and everybody wanted to buy a shirt. You know, that's the souvenir everybody wants. They want a t-shirt, you know, they just bring back a t-shirt. And I was like, well, I can do that on the side and, you know, just do a few conventions a year and have extra money and pay for the kids karate lessons or whatever we needed while I was working through school. And so I was having a hard time finding a reliable, consistent screen printer to do the t-shirts. And it got to the point where people knew the products that I had and they knew who I was. And if I couldn't deliver, you know, when people made orders and it made me look bad and I've busted my ass my whole life to maintain my reputation and I wasn't about to screw it up over some damn t-shirts. So I'm like, maybe we should consider doing this ourselves. Obviously there's an industry need in the area. How hard can it be? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> famous last are. words famous, famous last, words, last March. words oh my god I don't know what I was thinking and you know once I graduated and I had my career I'm like well I'll use this business and I'll build this up this will be my retirement you know when I can't do my career anymore or this will be the cash flow to put into real estate or whatever it was but that is not how it turned out <laughs> And and so Big Lick comes from what? Because I'm sure everybody's going, what kind of crazy name is that? 
Right. Well, Roanoke, Virginia used to be called Big Lake, Virginia, because there's this huge natural salt lake in the area. And when they were settling the area, they stopped here because all the wildlife would come through and there was good hunting, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your career that you were doing was of a dental hygienist, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. So So I went and got that medical license and, well, I'm not really afraid to give it up, but it's a medical license, so I don't waste it. So I still moonlight one day a week, a few hours just to maintain my license. Oh, okay. And so you started doing this part-time while you were doing your hygienist stuff, and then it kind of took over. So like, kind of walk us through that a little bit, because somebody out there, they have something similar they're doing right now. Well, I can remember a couple of key moments. And one of them was when my accountant said that it's going to take you longer to grow if you're not doing it full time. He's like, you're just dragging it out even further. And he's absolutely 100% correct. And my oldest son is my production manager. So it's our whole family that's in the business. And as we've grown, oh, I've learned a lot of lessons. But the main thing is if you're going to go out and get a loan (laughs) for equipment, don't rely on other people. Like find out your own research. I was really trying to delegate and relied on other people to tell me information when that was not the smartest thing. So there's that. Okay. So before you were running your business more of like a hobby that paid you rather than just a business. Right. And And then when we transitioned over and decided that this was a real legitimate business, that's when instead of me going and buying custom printed shirts, that's when I was like, okay, well, let me find out where we're going to do this and rent a place and, you know, get the equipment and take the classes and do. Yeah. And when was that? This was about eight years, um, early 2023. Okay. So almost eight years ago. Uh, So there's a lot of moving parts to this industry. You've got sales, you got the admin part, you have the production part, shipping, education, of course, plays a huge role. How are you juggling all that and getting that into your business as you're growing? Because I think especially when a lot of people are starting out, they're wearing every hat and they're so pressed for time. They don't know what to do next. And a lot of times they just fumble the ball and give up because it just seems like everything's stacked against them and you broke through all that. So how did you do that, Marge? Well, I haven't broken through yet, but we're making progress. What I've realized is that either you have the entrepreneur mindset and you do the business part of it, or you are a screen printer and decide you can do it better than who you're working for and you start the business that way. So it seems like everybody falls into those two categories. And I always had the idea that I don't know how to screen print. I want to have a working knowledge of it but that's not what I want to do. So my son is the one who learned all of that. And then I learned everything else. The problem that I'm running into is that as an entrepreneur mindset, when you're the one that's used to doing everything and starting everything and putting everything together, it's hard to learn how to delegate. So 
And then when you do delegate, you have to make sure you're delegating to the right people that don't fuck it up. (laughs) Don't screw it up. That's been hard for me because I thought I just had to learn how to do all the art and I had to learn how to do this. And, you know, that was a huge misconception that I had. So it's been hard for me to learn that I need to delegate to other people. And, you know, the other thing, this has been one of my really big lessons is that I thought that you had to have all of the money coming in to be able to pay for those people and to pay for all of that before you hired those people and before you did this and before, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize that you filled the job and then that raised the level. And then, you know, then the business, it's like this wave, this ebb and flow. And so that's been hard for me too, because I'm of that mindset. I'm trying to get over that scarcity mindset. Oh, we don't have the money to buy that right now, or we don't have the money to do that right now, but maybe we do if it raises our level. An interesting test to do is let's say you're going to pay somebody and they're going to make, I don't know, 600 bucks a week working, right? Just Mm -hmm. take that and throw it into a savings account for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, a month later, you know, you got 2,400 bucks and then you hire somebody. Now you have a war chest of money in case sales get a little slow. And then you could be paying because if it doesn't hurt you to do that, you know that you have the money. Right. Right. That's just a little trick. So I think as you're growing, you know, you're learning how to standardize your processes, how to talk to people, how to sell. You know, this industry has a big vocabulary, you know, with just there's a million terms you have to learn or, you know, ways of doing things or know who to talk to or where Mm -hmm. to find the answers. How did you how did you do that, Marge? How did you find all that stuff out? Well, as a lifelong learner, (laughs) I was of the mistaken mindset that school will fix everything. Just go get another degree, go take some more classes. There's nothing wrong with that. There's so much value in that. You have to learn for the rest of your life or you're never going to grow and you're never going to get better. But that doesn't mean you need another degree. Education comes in many forms. So the first thing that I did was I'm like, okay, we need to educate ourselves. So I took as many of the little classes as I could find. (laughs) But I realized quickly that it's all the same thing over and over again. There's only so many times that they can show me how to code a screen before I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. Like, I've already figured that out. And it was just watching YouTube videos and finding I'm a voracious reader. So as much as I could read and articles and, you know, experimenting and, It was a lot. It really was. But I'll give a plug to Charlie's class. Mm -hmm. It was the best class that we had ever taken, truly. So if you do want to start or if you think you you want to learn more and you don't have time to learn all the little things that I never even knew that you could go to class when I first started. I thought you just kind of had to muddle through it. But his class is an amazing jumpstart, I think. And I will tell you that the best thing that you can do, so if you're listening to this, the best thing you can do is if there's a little chunk of knowledge, right? Unless you take that knowledge and try to make it work and put it to action, you are not going to learn it. And, you know, that's what was so valuable about his class was because we didn't just sit there 
in a classroom and take notes the whole time. He and there is a small component of that, but the way that my crew learns, they got to have their hands in in stuff, and they have to be moving and engaged all the time, or they don't retain it. So he had the press in there, and the, it was just fantastic. It really was good. So I highly recommend that. Yeah, well, Charlie's great. He's been around the block, and he's a great. Uh, teacher at trade shows. He also does, you know, he travels around the country sometimes on his big road trips. So take well, advantage the, of that if you can. The the other part of that, that was the, you know, the physical part of it. But for me, honestly, the most valuable as far as growing my business, and I'm not just saying it because it's you, but it really has been Shirt Lab. And it's not necessarily Shirt Lab, the classes and the stuff that we we get while we're there, but it's that camaraderie and this massive network that we've built. And, you know, now we've got this own side thing going that started all because of Shirt Lab and it has elevated all of our businesses. I can't even begin to tell you. There's no way I'd be where I, where I was today without that little mastermind group that splintered well, off from Shirt Lab. Well, so. thanks, Marge. Checks in the mail. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> value when you're there and it's not just watching Jay Bussell's presentation which was spectacular by the way but it's after you know it's what happens that night when we're all hanging out talking about different issues that we're having or oh my god that's a great idea I'm going to try that or you know what I could do that where I am too that's where the value is that's where the connections are made you know, it's fun to hang out with the head of marketing of so-and-so company. You know, when you go to a trade show booth, you're not having a cocktail or, uh, you know, some wings with the head of whatever, right? That just doesn't happen. And so I think these things are a really good way to meet people and and really broaden your horizon. And, and, and then also find friends from all across the nation. And what, and I'm sure you've discovered is that Everybody pretty much has the same problems, <laughs> you know, and yeah. banding together, you know, what we're trying to do with Shirt Lab. And I don't want to make this podcast about Shirt Lab because it's about you, but right. make uh, banding together in, in a community, which is what Shirt Lab Tribe is all about in a community is how we grow and elevate the business because we have a mutual pain points we're all trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And so that's all good. So where are you now, Marge, right? So where are you now with your business? You've been in business for a bunch of years and you're doing things and you've grown. So where do you think you are on your journey? So now I have two full-time employees as well as me. And then I have two part-time employees. And we just purchased a Rock Auto in March, which has been fantastic. So, and then, um, so we've just been adding little things and, you know, it's interesting now that I'm seeing how the trajectory is and where I want to go. It's, you know, some people will be like, oh, okay, well, we're going to add this and we're going to start doing this and we're going to start doing this. And and let's get this and do, you know, banners and let's do, the, and which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I have found is that we really want to hone in and 
we can still offer embroidery or we can still offer promo products, but I'm not trying to do all of that here. I have a reliable person that I work with. My tech is amazing. He does all my embroidery. We offer promo products that I can source. So we don't have to do everything in-house. And that was a big lesson for me that I learned this year. So mm-hmm. I don't want to do a add a bunch of stuff. Now, I will tell you, I did get that 360 hat press, just so you know. From <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a game changer. So the, I think the key here, though, is really learning, you know, that your customer, for the most part, doesn't really care who decorates the shirt. They just want a good looking product by Friday when they want it. That's what they want. Right. You did it. Somebody else did it. They don't really care. Right. Now, we do a lot of things in house because we're looking to reduce our costs on some things and have better control over the quality and what happens. And there's there's a lot of discussion about that. So the whole promo industry that sells oodles of apparel every single year, none of those people actually print anything. They just send it to a contract decorator and they're making the money on it. And I think there's a big lesson in that. The other thing is it was hard for me at first, you know, when somebody's like, you do stickers and I'm, and for the longest time I was like, no, we don't do stickers. And then I was like, am I stupid? Like I'm ordering stickers for myself. Why am I upset that I'm marking up these stickers and I'm not marking them up astronomically, but all I have to do is order them. I have their artwork. I do the artwork. I send it off. I order the stickers. I'm providing a service for them because they don't know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could order stickers online, but they don't have the artwork that I've done. They don't know where to go. So I'm still providing a service for them. And that is worth my time. So that was a, a kind of a mental shift for me to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to do that. But it's things like that that I've learned along the way. You know, the first time that we had an order that we could not do, and which hasn't happened very often. And I had a friend of mine and I outsourced it to them. It was a huge order and we needed it fast. And I felt so guilty that we did not print that order. And then I realized that there were actual contract printers. And I was like, how stupid can you be? Like the customer does not care. It works out. Mm -hmm. That was a big shift, mindset shift for me. Yeah, good. So Mars, like a lot of companies in this industry, you have family members. You just said, you know, talk about your son as part of your team, right? So talk about what that's like. You know, because I'm sure he really likes having mom as a boss, right? So how have you built your business and processes to utilize those skills and talents, you know, for your business? Well, let me tell you, I don't think that we had planned for it to be permanent when um, when he stepped in and started doing it. Um, but he really, he loves the print side of it. He's told me that he would rather be shot in the knees than do my side of it. (laughs) So it helps that our shop is so big. When you walk in, we have one, we have the showroom and then we have the, you know, our upfront office area. And then way in the back in the warehouse is where the actual shop production is. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. So it it worked out pretty good, but it really is a lot different. 
it's one thing to have family, but because he's my son, if I tell him something or if something messes up because I have to learn everything the hard way and I make a lot of mistakes, which is fine as long as we fix it and it's done on time. And he does not have that same mindset all the time. So I think it makes it harder for him because I'm his mom. So I'll be like, how did this happen? And he feels very defensive where I'm like, how did this happen? Is it the art? What can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? How do we fix it? What's the best thing? So sometimes that's a little bit hard, but he's getting better now that he's getting older. I recently hired my cousin who was a manager for a chain of retail stores. And so I hired her to come on as my queen of all the things. That's her title. And so she's my office manager and my assistant. And she takes care of me and makes sure that I don't screw everything up. So she's doing your books and stuff too? She doesn't do the books yet. We're still learning all the basics of everything else. Okay. But she'll be doing a lot. She'll be doing all the day-to-day stuff, you know, ordering and, well, everything, everything. Right. So how do you balance your family? And, you know, you have your day where, you know, you're doing business and things can go right, they can go wrong or whatever. And then later we're all having spaghetti or whatever. Right. So is it like after this time, we don't talk about big lick screen printing at all? Or do you have discussions over dinner? I mean, do you how do you manage? What business owner doesn't talk about business 24 hours a day? I mean, really, I mean, it's not that bad, truly, but, you know, my first cousin once removed (laughs) is one of my part-time employees. He'll come in and do screens and like help catch, you know, as needed. And he is so like, they love working in the business. The, the reputation and the connotation of, of our business, the way that people think of it is completely different. It's a whole culture about helping other small businesses and, you know, keeping family businesses together. So it really, they love working in the business. And I try to make sure that people want to work here. Now, with my kids, it's a little different because they really may not want to. But I know if something happens, and even if my son gets mad and throws ink across the, the, the shop, he's going to come back Sunday and make sure everything's printed and ready for Monday morning. So. It's different. You have a vested interest when it's your family business. You care about it. Whereas a normal part-time employee really doesn't care. All they care about is whether they get paid. So you think you're getting a better quality product because it's a family affair rather than just hiring, you know, Betty, who you just came from, who knows where. Right. And we tried to hire some normals but it, it didn't work out too good because they don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just, maybe I don't have the patience. I don't know. Yeah, It's just so much easier when I can just go through and say, okay, this is, this is the system to do this. This is what we're going to do. I will say that as we've grown, just when we think we've got it nailed down, We grow a little bit and nothing works the way it did. And we have to redo all of our systems and, you know, add more detail. And, you know, the more people we bring in, I assume that people know things, just the basic stuff about 
things. Mm-hmm. You never realize how many different shirts that you have that you can order from until you bring somebody in that knows absolutely nothing about t-shirts. Right. So little things like well, that have been overwhelming. For generally speaking, every time you double with your employee count, you're going to run into problems that you didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because what will happen is sooner or later, you know, that's when you have to bring in managers and stuff just because it's it's beyond your capabilities to handle everything during the day. Right. So like what you hear so far, be sure to subscribe so you can get the latest from success stories. And now here's Zach shortly with the SNS Spotlight. If your clients want to build team pride and entice employees to rep their brand and style, Making sure their company stores are filled with the latest trends, unique designs, and premium styles is the key to success. Our new 2023 Company Store Guide is here to help you put together the best selection of apparel styles and accessories that include your employees' favorite brands like Adidas, Champion, Columbia, and Oakley. So the next time you're visiting ssactivewear.com, don't forget to check out the complete corporate store guide under the digital catalog section of our website. Thanks for listening. So you can't have a successful business without your share of both wins and losses. So Marge, what have you learned along the way that you feel has really impacted your business, whether it was something, it was a a big victory or was a tragic stub my toe, bloody mess, (laughs) right? Give us a story, Marge. Well, I'll say the biggest thing that I've had to learn and I still struggle with is delegation and the fact that I don't have to know all the answers to get started and I don't have to have all the money to get started. And that was a huge lesson for me. I always felt like we don't make enough money to do this. You know, we don't make enough money for an auto yet. We're not there yet. but if it saves us this much time, I haven't struggled to make the payment not once. So evidently we had more than I thought we did, even though I am doing profit first, just so you know. I love it. It was like we instantly started raising our level. We started getting the bigger orders and it's like the whole mindset shifted. You know, it was like before we would have a 400 shirt order and we were like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. And, you know, Julian is cussing me under his breath, whereas now we have a 400 shirt order and we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do next? (laughs) Well, yeah, you knock that out in an hour, big deal. And it's just really how you look at it. And then also as your business grows, you know, we're going to change our policies. You know, your your Mm -hmm. minimums could be an order quantity or a certain dollar level. When we're new, we tend to think small. We're very apprehensive or timid about things. And then once you've got years in the business, it's like no big deal. Let's just go. Right. And that's the other thing that we're kind of entertaining now is like, how much do we want to grow? You know, I don't really care about bringing on more people. I care about becoming more efficient, doing bigger jobs, doing faster turnaround, because we can make more money doing that than we can by physically growing the business. So how much is too much? I don't know. Well, the thing to think about here, right, is how to be more effective, not more efficient, but more effective. So you can always make another dollar, but you can never make another minute. 
So how, if we're looking at what we're doing all day, you know, can we find clients that will pay us more for what we do? And that way you can work half as hard for twice as much, right? So the value that you bring is, is the delta. That's what people pay for, right? And so there's plenty of apparel companies in the industry where they're the commodity level printer. They're the cheapest in the town or whatever. And then there's also printers in the same city where they're 10 times the price for some ridiculous thing. And they're just as busy. I am not Walmart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not. That's right. not what we're trying to do. Yes. That's great. And so the value that you bring, right, it can be your creativity. It could be your faster service. It could be, you know, your expertise. It could be, you know, just people just plain like you and they'll pay more for that. Well, we, right. And there's a lot of things thing. that add into that. Yeah. And we always try to, you know, like you mentioned, Lanyap, that's something that we are 100 percent behind. Right. 100%. We always do that little extra and do, you know, something unexpected or have a really good customer. And he's been with me from the beginning. Oh my God, we melted every shirt that he, we sent out one time, bless his heart. And he, <laughs> he said, look, I'm loyal. If you can fix it, I'm like, I'll fix it. Not only did I fix it. And that was at the time we were new and it was a really difficult print. It was a four color left chest with silver glitter ink and it was a four color full back and we didn't know what in the world was going on, but we fixed it. They came out great. I thought it was going to put us under that order was so big and us at the time, we just had that little manual and we were poor white trash desperately trying to overcome our roots. So we didn't, we didn't have the extra money to go out and buy all that comfort color crap that he likes, but I mean, we fixed it. And to this day, he's my best customer. But I just went to see him. I was going by one of his shops and stopped and dropped off a, a catalog because he had texted me. And I had two shirts that I had made his kids with his logo on it. But it said kids at the bottom. So it was his logo with kid. And I just like had these two shirts that I'd kept. I was going to give it to him for Christmas. But I just I was like, hey, I'm going to go by there because he texted me. And it made his whole day. I mean, I sublimated those shirts. It wasn't anything crazy, but the little things like that, that little extra, that's what makes a difference. So there's people out here, Marge, who haven't ever heard of Lanyap or like me have trouble pronouncing it. <laughs> so just a quick review, like where does that come from? So it's everybody a, can understand it. It's a Cajun term. And I lived in New Orleans for a long, long time, many years. My youngest son was born in New Orleans. And lanyap is that little something extra that they throw in. You know, it's like the baker's dozen, you know, when you go and you get the extra donut or whatever. It's that hospitality. It's kind of like in Hawaii, you, you do things with aloha. You want to provide that extra, like, special love or the extra hug or the extra something, just something extra. Right. Basically. And people do all kinds of crazy stuff with this. And so that's such a great thing. And, and so that's the wow factor that everybody was talking about in the magazines and stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we try to do cool stuff for people. 
because that's my favorite thing. I love to make people's day. That's why when I grow up, I'm going to be a real fairy goth mother. I'm just going to retire, go around and like make everybody's day. When you grow up? Yeah, that's going to be my job when I grow up. (laughs) All right. So I'm real interested in what's next for you, right? So where do you see this industry going? You know, because you go to stuff, you talk to people, right? Mm -hmm. And what are you interested in getting into that maybe you're not like doing anything about right now? Well, I will tell you, I've been playing around with Fat Dad's transfers lately for, you know, when we have something that's complicated that I don't want to mess with, then I can order some of these direct-to-film transfers. And so far, I've really liked the quality of those. I think they're not as stiff and heavy as most of the DTG stuff that I've seen, but we're still kind of playing with it. Right now, we're not using it very often. But if it's something that's, you know, 50 million colors and I don't want to mess with it, then I might order some transfers and see how it goes. And I've been very impressed with the quality from Fat Dad's place. DTF, direct-to-film transfers, is totally revolutionizing, especially the print-on-demand online store space, which primarily was all DTG. But the Mm -hmm. challenge of DTG, of course, is that you're really limited to the substrate, the shirt that you can print on. DTF absolutely doesn't care, right? And you can use those things on anything, really. And it takes about the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it's just a real easy way of doing things. and And it's an easy way for me to offer different variables in a store, Mm -hmm. you know, an online web store, and be able to do it on demand. So I like that. And so far, the feedback that we've gotten has been excellent. So we're going to continue to kind of experiment with that. I have no interest in buying a DTF machine or, you know, playing with that at this point. Right now, it's all I can do to, like, press some hats on that 360 and not melt them (laughs) or wrinkle them up. So I'm not trying to add anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have another heat press besides the 360? Yes, we do because we do sublimation. We don't do any vinyl. Oh, okay. So we do a lot of sublimation stuff. And mainly that's so we can offer like Yeti type drinkware and, you know, just filler stuff that we can do for our online web stores. Right. And, you know, or if somebody has, they want one shirt coming up for a special occasion, then I'll be like, well, I can sublimate it, but that's about it. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Marge. I really appreciate you sharing your story of success with us today. If someone wants to learn more about what you do or maybe how you can actually help them, what's the best way to contact you? The best way to contact me is probably through email or the website, biglickscreenprinting.com. My email is marge at biglickscreenprinting.com or Facebook message me, text me, send a carrier pigeon, like whatever you need. I'm available to help anybody else that thinks that I might be able to help. I'm still learning, so I don't know how much I can help anybody else, but I'm willing. Well, let me tell you, people that are still learning have learned, right? And it's not your complete newbie. You know things. It's nothing to be apologetic over. I love talking with people who were on their journey and, and learning and doing things because you are having success, 
right? And success doesn't mean you're a 20 auto shop all the time, right? So Marge, we get so caught up in measuring where we are now to somebody who's been doing it and they're, they have another whole journey that mm-hmm. we don't appreciate what we've accomplished. Don't you think? Right. Absolutely. And I have no desire to have 20 autos because I don't want to grow that big. To me, this business is something cool that I share with my family and it takes care of my family and it provides income so that we can like build passive income and not have to worry about whether we're doing anything else. So, I mean, it just depends on where you are. If you want to have 20 autos, there's nothing wrong with that. But are you going to make any more money personally? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how it's set up, I guess. And if you're running 20 autos and struggling, call me. All right. Well, thanks, Marge. Really appreciate you. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the latest Success Stories episodes. Have any suggestions for future guests or topics? Send them my way at marshall and marshallatkinson.com. And we'll see you next time.